Hello, I'm the podcaster without fear, Luke. And I'm the uncanny Ryan. I am Kylie the Poodinger. I am the superior Caitlin. And I am the agitated Kyle. And, and we are most of the Nerd Dome Podcast. Every Friday, some variation of this group gets together and talks about all things nerd. The newest stuff in TV, movies, comics, video games, and more. So join us in the Dome every Friday to hear all things nerd. From a bunch of people who are probably a bit too into it. Think of the children! You must walk feminine, talk feminine, smile and be guile feminine, utilize your femininity. That's what every girl should know, if she wants to catch a bow. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Okay, first, I'm not a princess. I'm the daughter of the chief. Same difference. No. If you wear a dress and you have an animal sidekick, you're a princess. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to the most specialist episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye. Uh, happy birthday, dear happy Melissa. Birthday. Happy birthday to you. To you. <laughs> happy birthday, reigning champion. Please eat your dozen donuts before we're done. <laughs> so, Melissa, yeah, it's your birthday. And like we like to do on our birthdays, you get to pick a random movie and make us all watch it and talk about it. What do you have prepared for us and why'd you pick it? So I chose a movie called Barfy, which... In English sounds terrible, but um, there's a reason that it's called Barfi. Um, it's an Indian movie, and uh, the reason I chose it is it just makes me feel things, this movie. And when I try to get people to watch it, nobody seems to want to watch it. Um, I try to explain what it's about, and, you know, you just see kind of like eyes glazing over, and, you know, they're like, okay, sure, if it's on Netflix. and. I, I just can't get anybody to watch it. And now I have three people who are forced to watch it. <laughs> so and very gratefully so. Indeed. But so glad I watched this. Seriously. This was so great. Yeah. Well, I, to, I, I love it. To be fair, like, you explained the premise of this movie. And I'm like, oh, okay. But then, like, it's not that thing at all. Like, <laughs> what happens in the first 20 minutes uh -huh. is not the movie. Yeah, but see, I felt like if I explained the first 20 minutes where it looks like a Charlie Chaplin silent movie type of thing, that more people would want to go than if I told you, oh, it's kind of like a slice of life and there's a bittersweet squid and you might cry and you'll probably definitely cry. And, you know, that's not, not going to get people to want to watch it, you know? So, um, but I mean, I've tried everything to get people to watch it because I really think once you do, you'll really love it. But, um, you know, I mean, this movie warms even my heart and I'm like the Grinch before Cindy Lou Who got, you know what I mean? Like the little, yeah, <laughs> and so, you know, if it, if it does things to me, then you know, it's an emotional movie. So yeah. And I just kind of happened upon this movie through a podcast actually, um, there's a podcast from NPR called Pop Culture Happy Hour that I really like. And um, podcast. yeah, they put out yeah. like two or three episodes a week. And then at least once a week, they do this thing called What's Making Me Happy. And so everybody who's on that episode, they go around and they just mention one thing from pop culture that 
really made them happy this week. And um, I don't like all of their suggestions, but I do like some of them. And so I, you know, this movie's on Netflix and I thought, okay, I'll try it. And I'm really glad I did because yeah, I've probably seen it like a half a dozen times at least since then. Um, so I'm just really glad that even if you were forced to, that, <laughs> that I got some people to watch it. And th I think that's the like, everyone should watch this movie. Like, mm -hmm. pause the podcast right now, go watch it. You will thank us. Yeah. It's so good. It is, it is it's really so, good. so good. Yeah. I agree. Pause this it though. Go watch it first and then listen to it because it's delightful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, even if you don't have Netflix, you know somebody whose password you can like borrow or something. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so, to, and to set this up, uh, the the bona fides for this movie even a little more. This was the 2012 uh, Indian um, nominee for best foreign language film uh, for the Oscars. This is what they went with. It's yeah, like, uh, and you can tell why. This is this is really great, and um, it yeah it is. There's a lot of Charlie Chaplin in here, but there's you know there's also a lot of stuff that is not Charlie Chaplin, mm -hmm. and um, it's it's great. It like it goes from rom com to like um, a heist movie, not heist <laughs> movie, but like it kind of turns into like the Big Lebowski for a little bit there, and then this just like beautiful love triangle, and trying to you know figure all this stuff out. It's it's really really cool. It's 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 something that I wish I I don't know if you all feel like it, but I feel like traditional American movies they always pick like this is this kind of movie, right? Like, this is this genre movie. And films like this get to go across six or seven different kinds, like you said, Andy. And they do it so much better. And this is like a perfect example of a movie that never pigeonholes into one thing. Right? Like, silly slapstick. Like, you know, cop drama for a minute there. That turns into <laughs> silly slapstick. And, and then, yeah, like a really moving um, character study. You know, especially of uh, of the, the the main two, I think, uh, actors and actresses. But it was everything about this was like we're just going to make this movie, and we're not going to care what anybody thinks, like the order we do it and the flashbacks and, and all that. And it was it was a it's a really beautiful film, and and I will totally say that the credits was one of my favorite parts of any movie um, ever. I loved I loved how they brought it all back together at the end to showing. Um, you know what the actresses and actors had to do um, in terms of who they worked with and how valuable it was and that sort of thing. I really like that you brought that up because one of the things that we talked about with Candyman, for instance, was that it was a movie that couldn't find its place. They, they, they didn't know what they were doing and they couldn't decide uh, what type of movie they were and how they did it so poorly that it ended up really convoluting a lot and and maybe you know like we said it could have been done with all the director's cuts or like different notes in studio but um this movie never has to define itself it's just it's done so well yeah 
Yeah, I think that's one of the things I love the most about this movie, and there's a lot I love about this movie, but it's that it does kind of transcend different genres, and I, I feel like it does so pretty seamlessly, you know, like, like you take that journey with them, and you, you don't want to get off that train, you know, you just, you, you want to stay with it, um, and I, I think that it's, that's sort of a metaphor for life, too, because none of us stay in one stage forever you know you're an infant then you're a toddler you're a child you're a young adult a teenager you know what i mean like and all of them are so different all of these stages of life that we go through um so why should this movie that is you know pretty much a, a you know these characters life from when they were that when they're young adults until they're old uh, why should that all stay in one genre too? You know, if you know how to do it, if you can transcend all these genres, then yeah, absolutely do it. Because this this movie could have been a big mess, considering that you know that totally. it, that it you know it could have easily devolved into something really confusing or just um, you know convoluted, and it didn't. It it's it it knew what it was and it just went for it. And I don't think an American. Uh, production company would make this movie you know <laughs> no not at all no and it but it also at the same time like um i mean i don't know how many of us saw eternals this last week but there's like a big bollywood musical number in there mm -hmm. and think i w went into this thinking i'm like oh this is gonna be like there's gonna be a bunch of like bollywood musical numbers like nope no. no, not at all. There is music, <laughs> but it's but that's not this movie either. Mm -hmm. I, I, I kept waiting for that to happen. I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be kind of like singing in the rain. No, 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 there's music, good music. I really like a lot of the songs. But... I shazammed a lot of the music. Yeah, good stuff. Um, But yeah, it's it's just it's so um, surprising, I guess, is the 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 best thing about it. It's like, oh, here's this fun, like discovery, and I'm just I'm so glad that that you shared it with us. Yeah, because it's the I best. Agree. There is great nuance, and that's another thing I I wish um, American directors did better. I mean, there's so much great nuance, like him coming home and and laying on his father's chest, right, as he's sleeping. Oh my God, that um, moment. Know, some some of those, there's there's just so many really beautiful scenes like that or or the pulling the finger part and then asking his dad how good he did. Like that was one of my favorite parts ever. You know, he pulls the finger and, he, and he, he farts and he looks at his dad and goes, how what, right? How was it? And the dad puts his arms out for how good it was, you know? I like... This movie is full of those kinds of things. Um, and I think that's what differentiates this from a lot of other movies is it's all of those things are so cool and so unique. And you really don't, Andy, like you said, find those um, in movies anymore. So it's really refreshing and a lot of fun. Even though this movie is like, I, I think like nine or ten years nine old. Nine years old, yeah. Yeah, 2012, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was incredible. Yeah. This yeah, a lot of just a lot of fun. Um I don't I mean, do we want to talk more about the 
about the plot, it feels like we actually have to explain a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'd love, Melissa, if you want to walk through it, like what, what parts when you first watched it stuck out to you? Like what were the most entertaining parts for you? I, I'd like to hear it just since how you came to it. Well, um, well, like Andy, I was kind of waiting for a big musical Bollywood number two, and and we didn't get it till the end at the wedding. Um, uh, and, and I'm kind of glad because you know when movies have too many of those, sometimes you know it's harder to follow the plot if there even is one, and and you you tend to get kind of taken out of it. Even though Bollywood musicals tend to be a lot of fun to watch, but you know, if there were too many, it would take away from the character study. So I, I guess, and also to make what uh, we were just talking about in the last scene we talked about make more sense, we should say that Barfi um, is the main character, and and that's not actually his name. His name is Murphy, but he's deaf and mute, and he can't really talk very much. And so when he says Murphy, it just it sounds like Barfi. Um, and Barfi is also a type of dessert, so maybe people just think that he, they, you know, his mom likes sweets and he's named after a dessert or something. Uh, but I don't know. It's like if your name was Peter and you're like, it kind of sounds like Puddin or something. Yeah. So everybody calls him Puddin. You know. uh, so Barfi yeah. is, was born deaf and mute. And um, so, you know, he has trouble communicating because he, he doesn't really talk at all. Uh, and that's where some of the Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton stuff comes in, the physical comedy, because uh, that's how he tries to show his love for uh, Shruti, who is one of the three main characters. But she's engaged. He, They fall in love, but she's engaged. And so her mom takes her in a scene straight out of the notebook, y'all. I mean, I know you you had to have seen that, right? That when yeah. he drives her to the logging camp, her daughter, her, her mom... Drives her there and says, oh, I almost married that guy. We were in love, but it didn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. So Shruti breaks Barfi's heart and, um, you know, she gets married and she moves away and they don't see each other for a while. Um, and during that time is when he meets Jilmil, um, who is played by Priyanka Chopra, who I swear to you, when I watched this movie the first time, I did not realize that was her. Because she looks so incredibly different from the kind of glamazon look that she normally has, right? I mean, she just really got into character, and you, I, I would never have known that was her if I hadn't read it later. And I don't know. Same, if Melissa. I had to look it up because I was like, "Is this an actual?" Oh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so anyway, uh, she is on the spectrum. And they don't actually say, I, I don't think they actually say like aut autism during the movie, but I read. They do actually right at the very beginning. They state it really beautifully okay. because they said it was back when autism was still considered a disease. Okay. When she I, first, when they first took her away from the home and the way that they stated it, I thought was so incredibly beautiful and respectful and validating to humans. It, it it melted me right from the beginning and and that's another thing that i love about this is that they they never like they show some of the difficulties that barfi and and jill mill have because of their disabilities but they never like 
make us want to like pity them or make them seem like victims in any way you know what i mean like because i think that 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 is where a lot of movies go with people who have have these disabilities they they want us to like you know they they like try and make us cry or something in a very artificial way because we're supposed to feel sorry for them you never feel sorry for them because they lead such full lives and and you see them falling in love and the fact that each of them has a, these different conditions that you know it it just doesn't matter they're 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 very they're portrayed as humans with emotions and feelings who can fall in love and especially with someone who's autistic i think that you never really see love stories featuring an autistic person it's pretty rare you know yeah and i and i think that's just one of the many things i love about this is that you know they just fall in love and it's like any other person who falls in love they they treat them like any other person in a sense and it's just really really well done well and in a in a sense it's like you know they it's like oh here's two people who just like everyone else have their own little quirks and things about them and they have to learn to like live with each other and it it it's still like a very prototypical rom-com sort of thing but it, everything is just a little bit off and it's it's just so beautiful um because it's like oh okay the i i think i've i've said before that one of the things i really like is when things become so specific that they become universal and i feel like the two of them trying to like work with one another um beyond you know their um you know dealing with um lack of hearing and autism it's just like all of us and um you know i can i can get caught up in their romance even though like i'm not hearing impaired i'm not i'm not autistic well maybe i'm not not very much oh my gosh the part at the end with the sweater um was like the microcosm of how amazing this movie was when she's putting a sweater on him and making him spin around and he's just smiling and I, like i just love those like you said andy those are the nuances that um show that this movie is um like a realistic look at all these characters are just like anyone else. And uh, that's, like I said, those last parts made me laugh so hard where she's trying to get the cigarette away from him behind his back. And um, I mean, that, that part was just so, um, you know, for those of you who are in, are in relationships like that, it's just how it is, right? It's the daily thing. Like hold still. No, not like that, like this, right? Let me get this sweater on you kind of thing. So it is that that part is exactly what you're saying, Andy. It's great. That oh, was they, the. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say they they just found this magical way of doing it, which I liked what Melissa was saying. I would have just applauded everything you said when you were done if it wouldn't have been so loud. But there's nothing patronizing about it. There's nothing dehumanizing. There's nothing that is done in an inspo porn sort of way. It is a full embodiment of each of them as humans and i love that shruti is such a huge part of it um that it starts with her telling her story of watching because 
she is fully abled, right? And longing not out of a space of sorrow or pity, but just longing to be in this other world that is full of magic and love and acceptance and just like unjudgmental, like no shame space where she is fully herself around someone, not because of his special abilities, which I love that they don't make it about disabilities, it's about full ability people, but she is constantly realizing that the the only space where she is fully herself is with him. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 they don't they don't do it in any way that is lesser. Yeah. The thing that, that really got me is JB, when you were talking about all this stuff at the end, is when she crawls into the hospital bed oh, with yeah. him and oh, grabs man. his finger with her pinky and because like that's again that's the like the thing that's so specific that it's universal it's like mm -hmm. yes when you have that strong of a bond and that partnership like you can't be without that person you can't like sleep without that person that is like the platonic ideal of what you know a a full romance is and it's just it's so beautiful and that's what yeah that's what turned my waterworks on i was yeah. just like okay okay i'm <laughs> you you got me that's it that part was really beautiful i loved the part where he puts the bottle down in front of the light post and cuts it oh. down oh yeah and she is the only one throughout the movie throughout his life who didn't move from his side mm-hmm and they turned and looked him. at each other and it was this full trust that he then got to see not just how he created that safety and love for other people like Shruti and like Jamil but that she was in return holding that same space for him Yeah, that only his father had held before and he turned and he, he moved towards her and put his head on hers and she she was uncomfortable and she felt her space and she honored her space but then turned her head back to him and put her head on his as as much as she could do in that moment like they just honor each other so fucking much it's, it's beautiful yeah and you can see the protectiveness almost right away like when they were on the back of a truck and she was wearing a dress and her legs were kind of spread and he's like trying to pull down her dress because she's asleep and this guy's kind of checking her out you know just like like it just comes like automatically you can see all the the ways that he's kind of you know feeling protective over her and even falling for her and yeah and that light post is the ultimate test they even said so that throughout his life he used it as a test for people and and she passed that test you know and and yeah, it's it it really is just wonderful. Um, you know, I when I was a teenager, I used to work at this camp called Children's Association for Maximum Potential. If you want to look it up, it's um, it's in Central Texas, and uh, I worked all my summers there. And and it was kids that had disabilities, various ones, you know, um, and 
so when I see things on TV featuring people with disabilities, I always kind of look at it and I, I usually feel sad because I, I, I feel like it's just a bunch of people who don't understand, you know, what's happening or how to portray this, writing these things and directing them and just, um, being patronizing about it in a lot of ways. And, um, it, this was not that at all. So I, I think that's another reason why I love it is just because just based on my experience, you know, and, and how people react, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It just, this really does the job well. And, and it's funny because, um, Priyanka Chopra, or I guess Chopra Jonas is her name now. Um, she was saying that the reason, the main reason she took the part was because, uh, she said that the people in India just didn't really know anything about autism at all. And she felt like if she could help educate people, that that would be worth it. You know, that, that, because this is very different from films that she would normally do. She was, before this, she was in, you know, a lot of, um, you know, Bollywood fare that, that either had her as like this kind of like hero type, you know, like almost action star or the musical type thing. Um, she'd never done anything like this and, but she really wanted to make more awareness about autism in, in her country. And so that just also knowing that just makes it even better somehow. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and that message without having to be like overly preachy or overt, like this is a message for you people. It's like, no, it's, it's just very subtle and very beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I wonder, I mean, one of the things we were talking about before, and um, Melissa, when you jumped on is, um, I think, you know, what we're what we're looking at now with, with some movies is um, casting with, uh, you know, the appropriate eye, right? Like if in, in, in you do this movie now, um, do you cast someone with, with autism in that role? Right. Um, because of the worldview. And I think, I, I wonder if because of the respect that she placed on that role and the reason she did it, um, it, it worked better. Right. And it was more accepted. Um, but I know Andy and Brooke, we were talking about that and I wasn't sure, um, what you both thought about, uh, you know, the, the accuracy of the portrayal and making sure you, you have the right worldview in it, you know? Well, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll speak here because we, we talked, we spoke to it just briefly beforehand. Um, being on the spectrum and being able to see things represented, there's been throughout my life, many different times where I've seen people on screen mm -hmm. and been able to relate to their, um, performance and then also not relate to it. And like we said a few moments ago, she did such a good job that I really felt it was someone who was on the spectrum. And I had to look up who it was and, and completely reset my mind after it. Um, and I, I said briefly before we started recording that if you were to try to create an algorithm of what makes a performance acceptable or not acceptable, if you are representing someone with a different ability 
um, it's really convoluted. Like there's so many different things that go into it. I compared right. it to, to having to figure out the algorithm for credit scores. There's just so many <laughs> different things that go into it. It's fucking right. impossible to figure out. Just hope you get it right. <laughs> and right. I feel like, I feel like sometimes that's how hard it is to cast things appropriately, but they did, they showed the full, for lack of a better word, the full spectrum of emotions that these two characters have. Um, they showed them in relation to Shruti and her full ability to have emotions and, and feelings. And I think that, especially with the amount of work and research and desire to be representative, right? Um, to educate, to also just show, and like, like you said, Andy, without having to come out and say it, just give a message that is complete. Um, not everyone does that. There's there's a lot of times, like Melissa said, where they're trying to make you feel bad for them and trying to make you cry out of pity or um, make it seem like such a hardship and how wonderful they are to still keep living that way. And they don't do that in this movie, ever. And I think that all of the effort that they put into being I guess respectful is not the best word that I can come up with but it's one that's coming to mind right now but the effort that they put into being fully representative um, is makes it something <laughs> to where you don't necessarily have to have it be someone who is autistic playing the part if that option is there and you can have it and take it, that's really beautiful. I don't know that they had that option here. I don't know that they didn't have that option, but they also gave us a performance that um, is genuine and from the heart and authentic. Yeah, and I think right. that's great. That's great perspective, Brooke. So I, I always appreciate you weighing in and that. I, I mean, it is. It's um, it, it definitely felt like, um, to both your and Andy's points that, um, this was 100% about heart, right? And making sure the, that, that character had a voice that was accurate and true and meaningful. Um, and I, I mean, it, it's, it was, it was my, I think her, she was just the heart and soul of this movie. Yeah. You know, and and it's I, I appreciate your your thoughts on that. That's that's great. I think a lot of the time the reason like I'm trying to think back on different shows where I've been like, oh, my God, you did it wrong. Like you just did it wrong. And I think it's because the actors themselves feel this sort of saint complex. Mm. Like, yeah. look at how wonderful I am for portraying this person who's right. so far beneath. Like You can tell that that feeling isn't a part of this movie anywhere from writing production direction acting like at no point does that come into play right and i think that makes a huge difference i i do too that's an excellent observation because um y y'all know like i mean we all watch a lot of movies here i mean 
you can kind of tell when someone's just like chasing an Oscar. So they're like, oh, we'll all wear prosthetics or I'll play this person with this right. mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And you know that it's not coming from their heart. It's just that they're chasing that damn statue, you know? And at no point did I feel like that's what was going on here. Um, even though I think a lot of people involved probably deserved, you know, the yeah. recognition, yeah. but it didn't feel like that was the point here. You know, this is this is essentially like kind of like a slice of life love story type of thing. Um, you know, because it, it does tell the story of these three people. Um, and it, it's just really, it's just beautiful. You know, it, I don't feel like there was an ulterior motive at any point in this movie. Right. And I think one of the one of the tropes that people really fall into recently, especially with folks who have autism, um, is treating it like it's you know like a superpower, or um, you know it that it somehow makes them extra special. Uh, and Thank you. Yes. It it feels very exploitative, and and I want to get into this when we when we come back to Hannibal because they they try to explain some of that with Will Graham and I'm like eh, I kind of I kind of find some of that distasteful um because it the what works about Barfy is that she is just a whole person hmm. and that is that's the whole point is that you know all of these characters are whole people. They are equal people just existing with one another and, and loving one another. And, and like, that's, that's the way it should be. And it shouldn't be like, Oh, I have, you know, Oh, my, my autism gives me superpowers to be able to, do this or whatever you know like mm-hmm. I, I don't know jb we've we've talked about the the ben affleck movie the accountant um right and <laughs> like even though i like that movie as an action movie i do not like the oh he has autism as a superpower trope yeah. that is like embedded yeah. in there i'm like i wish there were a way to like get that out of there because i like the like oh i'm you know, I'm good with numbers and then I'm going to go murder mobsters. Like, that's cool, but like, yeah, the, yeah, the autism is superpower thing, which this movie just completely bypasses. Well, and she, and she's also very functionally different. There, There's also the like, um, the other side of what Hollywood tries to do, which is like the Forrest Gump, I am Sam mm-hmm. side, which is like, oh, well, because I have cognitive disabilities, then my my simple takes on life will inspire you. And right. and it's like, oh, that's also terrible because it is like ultimately kind of exploitative as well. It's I like, loathe that movie so much. I, everybody fucking loves that movie. I loathe it. And that's a big part of it. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Patronizing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think this movie did a really beautiful thing at the beginning in that you kind of felt for just a moment, like it might go that direction. Like here's this, this man who's mute and deaf in love with the beautiful 
perfect female. And he goes and he, she kisses him and they have this whole thing. And then he gets rejected and turned away. And you almost feel like it's going to be like, oh, that poor guy, right? Like they, they start, but then the movie continues to take this, this idea. And by the end of it, it, it truly is Shruti that you feel bad for and or not feel bad for but that you see is wishing for a different life not Barfi or Jamil and I think that was either a stroke of genius I, in fact it has to be it just has to be this like stroke of genius where they were like this is where you would expect it to go and we are going to tell the other story up until the point where she's in the room with her mother and crying and she says you lied to me like you sneak out to go see that man because you still love him not because yeah you made the better choice by having this life and and i think that that is i really liked that like we all have not all of us but i definitely have these these moments and parts of my life where i think what if I had done this differently? Or what if I had chosen differently with this person or that person? And and I appreciate that they didn't make him being the one still pining after her, but for her facing the realities of her life and the moments in which she made decisions that were outside of her truth and showing the impact that that has had on her. Well, and how nice that nobody resented each other. Yeah. which is pretty traditional in movies like this, right? At the end, I mean, when, when she pats her after coming out of Barfy's ho- you know, hospital room, like, yeah, there's just all these moments where some movies, to your point, Brooke, would fall into this horrible resentment of, oh, why, why didn't he pick me or blah, 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 blah. All three characters just still really exude compassion for each other. And it was more about internally what should I or shouldn't I have done differently right and I really liked that part of the film where I never left feeling like oh that character shouldn't have you know why did they end up feeling like that and why did they act that way no it was just very like this very pure um, compassion to all three of them and I really liked that that made that made the movie so much more meaningful yeah, yeah and <laughs> all right go ahead Melissa Oh, no, I was going to say, like, to piggyback on what Brooke said, um, the, the point, you know, um, that, that he wasn't pining for her throughout the whole movie, I, I, I love that as well. Um, and, and, but there was a point where I was a little worried about that because, you know, she meets up with him again because they, they move to the same city and, they see each other for the first time in years and she spends time with them and you can tell Jamil is getting like jealous and you know I'm so glad you're speaking to this scene because it's so beautiful yeah because I I started to worry I was like oh god is Barfi gonna start pining for her again and he didn't you know you you could see that that he he was completely in love with Jamil by that point you know um and, and so I'm glad they didn't go there because they could have. And I think most movies probably would have gone that path. Yeah. And and the I think the the sort of 
lens on this is that, you know, all of the people who view Shruti as like a, a negative or view her as an object with which to get something, they are the villains of this movie. I mean, this isn't like, oh, a movie with a lot of villains, but like her parents are like the the oppositional mm -hmm. forces in this movie. And they're really the, the only ones because they are the ones who don't see her as fully human. And uh, yeah. which mirrors in a lot of ways the way uh, that Jamila's parents don't view Barfi as like a like a full person or at least a an acceptable um you know person for their daughter to date and, do you and i think that's i it, it, there's a lot of that has to do with disability and a lot that has to do with class but um you know i think this is about accepting people at, at its very core so i just want to so many thoughts in my head i'm sorry <laughs> No. So much happening. Um, first, to what that scene that um, Melissa was just speaking to, I loved it. I loved it because you got to see the human element of Jamil. And, like, for me, it's so easy for people to, to put a single lane on someone with autism or a different ability right like they only have one set of emotions or they only have the ability to see one set of things or she's only like like she's in her own world and existing within his but not really cognizant of it would be like the typical thing right like oh here she is and she has autism and she can be with him but she's still like caught in only her own space but in that particular scene, they show her looking at Jamil and evaluating it against herself and trying to dress more like, excuse me, looking at Shruti, trying to dress more like Shruti, trying to do the things that they're doing because she's, she's being self-critical and having her own doubts and seeing this other human. Like, I love that they show that side of her because it's, you're not outside of the environment just because you don't communicate or participate in all the same ways and I loved that part of it and I, I was really grateful that they showed him like reconnecting with his friend and kind of being a little bit unaware of where Jamil was at that for just a couple of moments because that that would happen that happens every day when couples go out with one of the other person's friends or ex and then they want like they're not as attentive as they would have been otherwise like they, they make it so fucking relatable on every level but they don't make it about him staying with her because he is less than shruti they never turn it to that space of well i guess you know i i wish i were with her but i'm not and I, I think you spoke to that really beautifully, Melissa. And I, I love that. I love that it's never about devaluing himself or staying with her because he doesn't think he could have Shruti again. He stays where, like, he is in love with his safety is in Jamil. And I thought that was really great. But the other question I had for you, Andy, was do you think 
as you talked about Shruti's parents not seeing her as a whole human, do you believe that? Oh, I'm Jamil's... I'm sorry, I mixed that up. I mean, Jamil's parents didn't oh. view her as a whole human. And, okay, I was going to say, did and, you not? And Shruti's from... parents not seeing, yeah, not seeing okay. Arfi as like a whole human. I'm well, sorry, I thought it was really beautiful because I don't think that Shruti's parents saw her as a whole human either. I saw, hmm. think they saw her as someone who needed to be dependent upon a man to have happiness, who needed the security and the safety, and they never fully valued her yeah. for who she is and the fact that she would have been fine or safe or better for choosing to be with Barfi. But they, they never saw her completeness, and so they pushed her off. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the whole premise of that visit, right, is... Do you want to be with a guy sawing, sawing logs all day, right? <laughs> like, maybe I do. Maybe that's the person I love. Yeah, but he won't take care of you. Says who? Like, what does that even mean? Right. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think you. you you drew a beautiful parallel between Shruti's parents and Jamil's parents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there is that parallel, but yeah, I, I did mess them up. I mean, it's very different, you know, doing a fake kidnapping. <laughs> Uh, for for Jamil and pretending she's dead <laughs> and locking Correct. her away in an institution versus yeah so yeah. yeah can we talk about the scene when she went back to that home and Shruti oh, oh, yeah. takes Barfi there like there's a lot of scenes oh, that make gosh. me emotional but that one killed me the most out of every scene in this movie and this movie's two and a half hours, and by the way, I wouldn't change a damn thing about it. Like, I I, nope. I, I, feel like I often complain, like, this movie could have been 20 minutes shorter. Or, like, last week we were talking about season one of Hannibal, where, like, this could have been 10 episodes instead of 13. You know what I mean? I would not change a damn thing about this running this, time This movie was two all. and a half hours long? Yeah. It felt like it was 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You were, you were enjoying yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, because of its length, I, that's why, because, like, we could have done, like, a group watch or whatever, but I was like, ah, it's kind of long, so I didn't suggest it. I kind of wish we did now, because I was a, worried, like, because this movie, it's so many different things, and I was like, I don't know how they're going to react to this, but I'm very interested, you know? Um, so that's another reason I was like, well, maybe not a group a group watch, you know? But I, I kind of wish we had now. But, um, yeah, it's two and a half hours, and I wouldn't take it. Um, anyway, that scene. <laughs> that scene. So, for those who are listening, I, I'll just set it up a little. Um, Jill Mill has has uh, gone back to this home that she was in before her parents took her out of it, and um, Barfi is trying to find her desperately because he loves her and he wants to be with her. And Shruti, even though she's still in love with Barfi, she takes him there, and it's this really beautiful scene where he's, you know he can't call out for her really because he's 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 mute but um he's trying to find her and and he thinks that he she's not there so they start to leave and then she comes to the window and she's like barbie but he can't hear her because he's deaf and then shruti just stops and you can see the calculus going on in her head like oh my gosh. i could just not tell him that she's calling for him and he'll never know and then I can be with him, right? Yeah. Or I can tell him and I know that he'll go with her and then I'll never have him other than just as a friend, you know? And you can 
you can tell it's killing her and it killed me watching this because you know I, I try to put myself in her place what would I do and I hope I would do the right thing and tell him hey she's calling for you um, because she could have easily just kept going and he would have never known unless she told him and that scene killed me so much yeah, yeah. It, it's God. wow there's so many fucking moments in this movie yeah and and especially what what worked for me there is I'm like, you know, you're like, oh, it's gonna have a happy ending. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, this movie has taken so many turns. <laughs> it's so real. It could like she could be like, yeah, no, and that's why, you know, I kept Barfy all for myself, and you know, and now this is a story about my regrets that I kept him from happiness, even though like. Yeah, we were together, and so it, I I found it like I'm like whoa there there's real stakes here even though we like sort of know what the end is but we sort of know so I would yeah I I, I ending I want to know what y'all think because it really was a happy ending even though the ending is them dying yeah but. It, and you cry, but it's a happy ending, right? Even though they die, it, which is weird because normally when people die, it's not necessarily a happy ending in a movie. Um, but, you know, so I tell people it's a little bit bittersweet because you're going to cry, you know, but yeah. but you're happy for them that they live this, you know, long life together. Um, what right. did y'all think of that? That's exactly what I thought of it. I'm like, well... Yeah, it's sad that that Barfy's dying, but like, but he truly lived. So you know, and so yeah. did Jamil. And it's like you know, they're, uh, you know, not everybody gets that opportunity. And I don't know, like if if the Princess Bride had ended with like old Wesley and old Buttercup, and like he's dying in a barn somewhere, that it's like okay, it's all right. Because they could have stopped at the wedding, right? They could have just yeah. ended it there. Yeah, they could have. I thought it was, I thought it was really beautiful because I also feel like Shruti then found herself and lived her life too after this, like because she had a choice in this, in something that wasn't hers to have a choice in, really, of of being able to let like tell him, inform him, have him turn around and make that decision as he slicked his hair back with his comb. Like he, it was that so comb. beautiful. It was so fucking beautiful. But like she got to make a choice in that, which meant she got to release and, and like have her own mourn or her own choice of letting him go and then move forward in her life. And, and as you see, like she became a teacher and was right. teaching sign and like, doing things that became then valuable to her and exactly. not just being a wife. And so I think that, that that moment, her choice, her decision, her voice in letting go of this man, not just watching it happen, was pivotal for all of them. And having them him die and finally sending the picture to like I just it was so fucking great. It was so beautiful. <laughs> 
I just, I, I, I love that. Yeah. And she, yeah, just exactly what you said, Brooke. She also lived and she, you know, she was fulfilled in her own way. And, and that's great. But ultimately she's like, this is not my story. And I still get to, you know, love these dear friends that I, you know, that, that I exist with. That's great. Yeah, and I, I do love that it seemed like um, Jill Mill and her did become friends. And, and I, I think um, Brooke alluded to this earlier uh, that at the hospital when when Barfi was dying, um, you know, Shruti was obviously beside herself. She was crying and Jill Mill, in the, you know, in, in her own way was trying to comfort her. She was like touching her face and there was that familiarity you know that that yeah. only can come from from spending so much time together and even love because you know Jill Mill we'd seen her with strangers a couple of times where she didn't react well you know mm -hmm. um and yet there was there was that love you could tell um so whatever jealousy she had had in that scene we discussed earlier was yeah. gone you know and and I I love that that you know despite the fact that Shruti obviously still loved Barfi more than just a friend um, that they could still, you know, kind of bury that and just, and just move on. And, and she was a part of their life, obviously, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really I think well done. I really liked the scene at the, at the institution after Barfi goes up and you see Daju like looking in on them and find him finding peace with Barfi and Jill Mill being together, but then also with Shruti standing there, Jamil like steps between Barfi and Shruti and puts her arms out and looks at her. And there's this melting away like of jealousy in her, of insecurity in her, of the decision has been made, here's where we stand. And Shruti looks at her and just smiles. And it was like, that was the moment in which all lines were drawn all boundaries are respected and everyone gets to like Jill Mill I think just had this beautiful ability to just be like okay now we go and and then she was able to be there and give kindness to Shruti in the hospital and to have full acceptance knowing and trusting like the truest love the truest trust the like the thing that people talk about in not that this is one, but in polyamorous relationships where everyone loves and accepts unconditionally that each person's relationship is is different, but trusted and and seen and beautiful. Like I feel like that was that moment for them of he loves you, but he, he loves me and has chosen me in a different way. And I will always be here accepting you in his life for where you are and what you mean to him, which is not what I mean. And I just thought that was really great. Yeah. Yeah, super beautiful. I have a weird question. There was a semi-controversy around this film that um, the, that the director maybe too explicitly lifted from 
a bunch of other films. Oh, Chaplin yeah. films, The Notebook, etc., etc., etc. Where do we all come down on this? Homage versus stealing. Uh, I I definitely have an opinion here. I just thought it was lovely, and I don't care. If you ain't stealing, you ain't trying, Andy. I just enjoyed it. Like, Good fuck it. it. It's beautiful. Every artist is a cannibal. Every poet is a thief. That's right. You know? There yeah. are no new original thoughts. Now, yeah, that whatever. scene in the car that I mentioned straight from the notebook, that did feel like plagiarism. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that definitely, because I mean, it's almost exactly like it. You know what I mean? That was more than sampling. Yeah. But the I mean, rest it, of it, I felt yeah. was just like a love letter to all those films, like, you know, Chaplin and Buster Keaton in the first act. And, you know, it's just like because i felt like there were kind of two love letters going on one to the influences the obvious influences and two to you know people with with autism who have never felt seen before you know exactly uh yeah. and that's that's what i took from it you know yes there is and i, and I knew about that any because there's a lot of criticism but I mean and, and, and haven't we talked about this there's so few truly original things yeah oh yeah you know what i mean and and especially yeah. when it's this well done sometimes i feel people just want to bitch for the sake of bitching and you know they're like and there's always a some think piece that's contrarian for just for the sake of being contrarian and not because it matters or anything you know what i mean um right and and i feel like that's sort of the critics of this film and and i'm like no I, I I have very few quibbles with this film, maybe like two that I'll discuss during studio notes. Are we doing studio notes or not? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we'll okay. do our we'll do all of our regular. So, so Andy, are are people mad because they did it so well? Is that they're why they're jealous. mad about it? Oh, are they <laughs> mad that it was better than the notebook? Because y'all that movie was trash. But nevertheless. <laughs> Like, are they mad because this did what the notebook should have done, but a four thousand times better? Or are are they yes. mad that they pulled off Chaplin so well? Yeah, to I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yes. that, that's the question. Like, what what are they mad about? I mean, this isn't like this isn't like Led Zeppelin like stealing from black blues artists who never got the attention. This is recontextualizing things that are very famous that anyone who has ever gone to film school has seen and understands. And I think it's okay because the, the recontextualization, as Melissa said, around this being around people who have, who have autism, who have hearing disabilities, speech disabilities makes it totally different like because those people weren't in city lights you know so it's okay for it to exist here i think so i'm i'm totally fine with it yeah they're just mad that they didn't think to do it better themselves oh spicy yeah. take yeah and yeah. i think some of it is like Johnny Depp fans who are ferocious, by the way, who are like, oh, they just lifted from Benny and June, and they don't realize that their idol is just garbage, a garbage person, you know. Oh, <laughs> right. Like, so right. they try to criticize everything that that you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. 
I mean, Let's really, make Johnny, a smart. lot of Johnny Depp fans are garbage people themselves. So, <laughs> you know. I, um, I yeah. said in our group chat, I'm like, oh, I'm getting serious Benny and June vibes now mm -hmm. about uh, like an hour and a half into the movie. And mm -hmm. Brooke was like, me too. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go back and watch some of that. And then I'm like, eh, this movie hasn't aged well. I liked Barfy more. It's okay. <laughs> Like, I got about 20 right. minutes through Benny in June. I'm just like, eh, it's okay. No, it's not good. And I used to love that movie because, I think because it was the only space I could really go to to feel seen without being able to acknowledge it and put in those words, right? Um, mm -hmm. There there was something kind of magical. But then you look at it and you're like, this movie is not okay. Johnny Depp is garbage. Like you said, he's He's horrible. He's horrible. Um, and, and as I and look back through all of the different types of movies that there are, like none of them compare. None of them compare to Barfy. It's so great. And again, it's it's you know Johnny Depp stealing from Charlie Chaplin, right? To do it's never his to, to begin with. June. So it's like you know it's. It's like, oh, you ripped off the Beatles who ripped off Muddy Waters. Who are you really ripping off here? It's like, do we do we care at any point? And... Yeah, why would they not be mad about Benny and June, but be mad about Barfy? Yeah, so, I don't know. I, I think it's all fine. I mean, JB, you may disagree with me because we've had these conversations before, but, like, I don't care about the like control F find and replace uh, episode seven, like criticism. It's like, yeah, yes. because he, he did remake star Wars. Like, yeah. duh, but just don't was, make it suck so bad. That was my well, problem with it. I don't care. You control F it. Just don't but it, control F and then stink it up. That's what well, but, fuck it. Yeah. But the, but the pro the, the same way with this is, you know, there were not women and Latinos and black people in the lead roles of 1977 Star Wars. And there were not, you know, Indian autistic hearing impaired people in city lights. So yeah. let's like it's OK. Like yeah. I'm I'm down for stealing. Like I, I, I think it's I think it's good. I mean, if you write it and you want to control F it and get away with doing it again, that's fine, right? It's your control F, right? right? It's your script. You can you can redo it. But no, I, I think to, to all of your points, the, the reason people are mad about this is because in some ways it's done better than yeah. everything that came before it. And that always makes people upset, right? Like, how dare Robert Downey Jr. play Chaplin better than Chaplin? <laughs> Whatever. Right, it's it's an homage. <laughs> People loved it. Let them let them love it, right? So no, I, I was I was really happy that. But again, they brought in so many different pieces of homages, right? It's it's yeah, not like yeah. they just did one thing. How could you be upset when you you do six different genres so well, right? Right, and and that's the the amazing thing here. It's like yeah, they stole from all of those things. All of those things are so different from one another. Ah, fuck you, you multifaceted, overly talented people who do it better than How us. How dare you ah! put seven movies in one and make us think? Boo! And how dare you have brown skin while doing it? 
Yeah. God damn it! Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of the 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 neckbeards on on YouTube yelling about uh, you know different movies could uh, yeah calm calm the fuck down. So yeah. Anywho, um, I'm glad we we all more or less agree on that. Cool. Anything else on this, or do we want to get into our normal rigmarole? I would. So yeah. let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. I'd like to it. go through that part before I have to jump off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to. Just pretty quickly here. Okay. So, really quickly, the box office. I mean, this movie, its domestic box office in the U.S. was 2.8 million. Like, mm. people actually did go see it but just not many uh but not that many in um in india either 33.9 million so this was not a huge 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 box office hit which i don't get so unfortunate like there are bollywood movies that make 200 million dollars easy and um i mean this did well um, comparatively, that's still that's still a lot of money. Its its budget was only four million, so it, that's amazing. That they great. made such a long movie with so many set pieces on wow. that little bit of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well they only so had to pay those beautiful. those three musicians for the whole movie, so you know those three musicians <laughs> were charming. They just, the one accordion they, player shows up everywhere. He's <laughs> always. <laughs> So wait, it how, it it made six times its money. Is that so, yeah? It four. Well, let's see, four to thirty-six, nine times its money. Okay, that's so not yeah. bad. That I mean, not bad at any, all. I think anybody will take that, right? Yeah, yeah. If I give you a dollar and you're gonna give me nine back, sure. No, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, that's good stuff. Studio notes. I have none. <laughs> Same. I got nothing. Um, I I just have we, we talked about, and I almost just went ahead and said this at the time, but we've we've talked about Shruti and how she was, you know, fulfilled in her own way. She obviously became like some kind of teacher or instructor, um, and I think that's probably something her parents would not have wanted for her, especially because she. I, I mean, I'm assuming she divorced her husband and everything, and. I'm sure that she's leading her own life that her parents probably would have been like just really angry about. Um, and so I was happy for that. But, you know, the part with the pictures at the very beginning of the movie, you know, it, it, it almost made it seem like she had married Barfi because there was like that wedding photo. And then later at the end, we see her unfolding all these pictures of her mm -hmm. and she had folded Jill Mill away because she was in all the photos. I, I did take a little issue with that because it it felt like they were implying that she never got over Barbie which is fine but I, I would have wished that she would have gotten over it and and because that would have been a, a little bit more of a happier ending for her and I don't mean that she had to like end up married to someone else and you know because a lot of people don't find fulfillment in that and that's you know so it's not necessarily that that she had to move on and find someone else but just it seems almost petty that she had folded Jill Mill out of all those photos and I just wish they hadn't done that. God, you're so smart. Because I remember when she was unfolding it, it 
it felt a little dis like out of concordance with the rest of the movie yeah um and i was like oh they did that to try to trick us so that we'd stay engaged and not guess the ending right like like you're absolutely right that part didn't seem to fit with the rest yeah all right <laughs> anything else all right um were there any one-liners or quotes here um i don't know this is definitely not james bond like pulling out one-liners here there hold on i'm looking up one real quick right at the very beginning of the movie um you guys talk first i need to look this up real quick i mean my my favorite like subtlety that wasn't a quote was how he kept goosing the the police officer like just love that was great yeah. can i just say how much i love that the police officer was there for him at the end yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah how beautiful all, was all of that? that yeah, yeah. He, he couldn't help but but love farfi like we all do right and he was there at, at his at his deathbed at the end even though he had spent almost the entire movie trying to arrest him um, yeah i just love that and 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 that just further kind of shows how these people who I think most people would or most movies especially would pity they they didn't need your pity because they lived these full lives and they had people who loved them so much like Jill Mill her grandpa loved her so much he left all his money to her you know yeah, what I yeah. mean like like and 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 another thing I can't believe I forgot to mention this before is that you know whoever marries her is gonna get that money and Barfy had no idea about any of that stuff. Like he doesn't know about the, her trust fund or her money. You know what I mean? Like he no, and he couldn't have cared less, which I thought yeah. was another beautiful thing about it. Right. The the quote that I was thinking of was right at the beginning when she's talking about um, she's talking about how she had been in Barfy's life. She said that. Um, for some reason, I always brought difficulties to his life, but Barfy never complained, not about me, nor the difficulties. And then you see him, like, being taken away in the back of the police car, and he, like, blows that kiss to her and tells her not to worry with his hands. That moment was so beautiful, and it really sets up the movie for what it's going to become. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a beautiful quote. There's another one, um... Shruti said, sometimes silence is the language of love. Oh, yes, I love that. I like the, there's no greater risk than to not take a risk at all, and then they run into the shrub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good, too. But not only was that a great quote, but great timing, right? There's, because it's, it's synonymous of the you know, the, the love part, but then boom, you run into a bush on a bike. <laughs> right. Totally. So, well done. Okay, best side character. There are lots of good side characters oh, yeah. in this movie. Which what what is a bad side character in this? That's I think I liked all of them. For me it was the police officer. He was great. Yeah. He was great. I really liked his best friend too. Yeah, he that's what I was thinking So bro. great. He was, he was such a great part of it. Who and um, he clearly had his own issues going on they never really get into what his disabilities are but yeah. like 
the way they just find each other is beautiful. Yeah. I really liked, um, what was the name of the, the guy who ran the, that was, uh, at the very beginning. Daju? Yeah. I, I that thought, I he, uh, great, mm -hmm. very emotive, um, you know, really, really started the movie off with, um, that emotional tone. So yeah, he's great too. But yeah, the, I mean, the police officer, it's just it's such a great microcosm of you're frustrated, but you love him, right? <laughs> Barfy the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, like, oh, that, uh, well, and it immediately puts the movie in the like, oh, he's the lovable scam that like he doesn't <laughs> actually hurt anybody but like he's always causing trouble yep gotta How bring him in and make him stop causing that trouble yep. yeah well and shruti's friend right at the beginning she's like he he gave to everyone joy and love wherever he went and i think that's why he was so dear to them mm. it's like There are lots of songs in here. Um, I I don't know if we have the actual titles of any of them, uh, but I don't know. Do we have best songs? Oh, they did release. I had my them. favorite. Um, I'm trying to remember the the one that um, I think the title is. Main Kaya Karun, um, but it's the the song that is "What Should I Do with This Heart." Yeah, that's the one I like. I shazammed song. it twice. That was my <laughs> that was my favorite one. There were lots of good ones though. There were like they kept they kept getting better. I'm like, oh well, that's gonna be the best song, right? And then like another one, I'm like, well, that one's even better. And then yeah, that one. But that one was that one was great. Yeah, that, I think that's the. That's probably the the most important song in the movie. Yeah. So. Uh, is this a good movie? Duh. Yes. Yeah. Go show it to kids. Oh, I jumped ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then this is this is also pretty easy. Is the main character a good person? Yes, all uh, of them. All three of them are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, almost every character in this, except the police chief and the and the parents. parents. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's loaded with good people. Yeah. The, the don't don't trust anyone over sixty. Well, except for your grandpa. He's cool. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> At your own really, risk. <laughs> yeah. Really, really old people maybe okay, but like the older generation, not so much. Oh, <laughs> and we forgot to talk about her nanny. That was another oh, one of my oh, favorite side oh, characters, was the nanny. Oh, she was also she good. Was really good. And one, okay, and my final thing. And his dad. Oh. All, all podcast long, and I haven't talked about one of the things that I love most about this movie. The Cold War. No, the other <laughs> thing. There were so many trains in this movie. Oh, dang it. <laughs> so many trains. I didn't even think about all the trains. So I'm like, this is a super trainy movie. Like, <laughs> so much happening on trains? Great. I think we could also list Lightpost as one of the main side characters. Uh, Light, yeah. Oh, Lightpost was great. He, he did a lot. 
so. ran into them with his bike. <laughs> Shout out to light posts and shrubs. Yes. Hello, lamp posts. But you know when. All right. Um, okay. Well, Melissa, thank you for sharing a uh, great movie, your birthday with us, and, yeah. and this. What a yeah, thank you. Absolutely great time. Terrific birthday. Thank you. That was yeah. a lot. like the best um, gift will... that you gave us. <laughs> absolutely, it's a reverse birthday. It is. It is reverse birthday. Um. So thank you so much. Have an awesome time on your vacation. Yeah. And lots of pictures to the to the Facebook chat so we can see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we're gonna we're gonna come back uh, around Thanksgiving, um, back to talk more Hannibal, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do season two and three kind of quick in a row there, but. Because um, nothing says a family holiday like getting together <laughs> with the Hannibal crew. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so appetizing. Yeah. Where's, <laughs> who's got the recipe Rolodex we're going to pick from? That's what Maybe I'm excited we, we about. We should save this movie for that week. Just so it's <laughs> more <laughs> <family>. <laughs> Is that cranberry so. sauce? Or... Uh, <laughs> Blood pudding. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, well, thanks, everybody. We'll we'll see y'all next time. Thank you. No big kiss this time because Melissa always says no. <laughs> we'll try. Viva the trains in Cold War. Yes. Happy birthday. Bye. 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 Throw back your head and kiss it all goodbye. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it! That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye.